Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in for the conclusion of our short series titled Some Things Never Change, a biblical comparison of two dead sons. And, and surely you're not just tuning in here at part three, but in case you are, number one, that's that's just not good. But uh, we are talking about, in this case, some things never change is a good thing. We're talking about Yahweh's constant extending himself to men. And I'm trying my best to just get across that on the other side of Yeshua, I believe it changed in the sense of Father did even more to visit mankind. I mean, obviously, can we not say that like the Emmanuel reality is mind-boggling that that Yeshua, seated high and enthroned in a place that we can't even imagine, left that condition, left that state to come and be wrapped up in this nasty flesh and blood. It's astounding, friend. I hope you grasp that, like, way beyond just the, the message of the cross and, though, the bloody cross. Friend, I would say the worst part of that, if worse is even applicable... The hardest, maybe the the biggest, the biggest part and component of of Yeshua becoming flesh to me and dwelling among us was the entire process of being the God Man, being fully God and fully this. That's why I say all the time that Yeshua was the suffering servant for his entire life. He was not just the suffering servant from his arrest to his death. He had a life of self-denial that caused him to suffer by not doing his own will, but doing the will of his Father, which is, oh my, wait a minute, that's what I'm called to do. <laughs> so thankfully, some things never change, which is Yahweh's always been extending himself out to humanity. Man, even his own people, when they became idolatrous covenant breakers, he said, you know, how many times, how many times did Yahweh say to Moses or any other accounts, man, I'm done. I quit. I can't do this anymore. Stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, rebellious, idolatrous, the list could go on and on. People that you and these are the ones who covenantally join themselves with him. <laughs> he says, What? Moses, I'm wiping them out and I'm starting with you. Thankfully, Moses had many, many Messiah esque qualities. He said, No, no, no. How many of us would have said no? Some of us would have said, Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea, Yahweh. Let's do it. Right? But Moses said, no, don't forget. Don't forget your love for these people. Don't forget your compassion. Don't forget your promises, O great king. And Yahweh was slow to anger. <laughs> slow to wrath that they and now we fully deserve. Except now what? We've been extended this miraculous invitation to come through Yeshua the Son to be reunified with our Creator. After we ourselves followed in the, in the lineage and the bloodline of first Adam's rebellion, 
And through the faith and, and obedience uh, of, of Abraham, we now have been, at the very least, extended the opportunity to covenantally be joined with him again, despite our rebellion. His mercy, that's why David was saying, his mercy never ends. Do you know that, friend? Do you tell him that with great regularity? I don't enough. Father, well, I, I do that a lot. <laughs> why? Why in the world are you so patient with me? I have wholeheartedly asked you for forgiveness towards a matter 4.2 million times. And you still come to me as a loving father. Is that an excuse to be a rebellious, stiff-necked son myself? No, no. But that's who he is. He is full of mercy and full of compassion. And that's why he never changes. That's what's awesome about this. And likewise, to get back to our text specifically, the account with Elisha in 2 Kings and Yeshua in Luke chapter 7 show us that the Father, through humanity, whether it's through the prophet or, or through, through Emmanuel or through us, his desire is the same. He wants to receive glory through the works and the functions of humanity on the earth. He he longs to reveal himself. The problem and the breakdown is right here. There, there's this barrier of, 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 of natural thinking and lack of faith and, and, and sin and rebellion and unrighteousness and all these, these filters of, of, of flesh man that I believe it limits what he's pouring out and desiring to do towards mankind. Still today, still today, nobody can convince me otherwise. I don't care how corrupt the church, Christianity, evangelical, you know, feelings and goosebumps. I don't, it doesn't matter to me all that stuff. People can do what they want to do. They always will, but that does not negate from the, from the biblical reality of what I believe Father wants to do on the earth today. It doesn't, it doesn't hinder me from that. So what? So what? People are going to abuse everything. We all do that. Jeremiah 31, the days are coming, declares Yahweh Elohim, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Why? Because they broke my covenant, even though I was a husband to them, declares Yahweh. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, why am I saying this? And, oh man, I hope that this, is, this has been worth, time, worth the time it's taken for you to even sit and endure watching me or listening, whichever you're doing. In here, this all is the same. How, how, the hows, the, the, the way it plays out with Elisha and the way it plays out with Yeshua, I believe points to what I just read in Jeremiah 31. How through Yeshua, through the new covenant extension to mankind, Father God, Yahweh himself, our wonderful, perfect Father, is going above and beyond again. He's saying, you know what? You're prostitutes. You're idolatrous. You broke your vow. 
all these things. Yet I will still put my law in your mind and write it on your heart. And I'll be your Elohim and you'll be my people. And friend, that's what I'm trying to get across. Just like we see the comparison that we did between how the prophet of Yahweh dealt with the woman and how how Yeshua dealt with the woman were different. Yeshua was, as I said earlier, the initiator. He was the one who took the action and initiated everything. He said, you know what? I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm coming to your circumstance, to where you are, to what you're going through, and I'm bringing all that I am into your circumstance. To use this specifically, you don't have to get on a donkey and ride 20 miles anymore. I'm coming to where you are. I'm coming to your circumstance. And because I'm kind and mercy, mer- merciful and full of compassion, and again, to use the, the, the verbiage in the Word of God specifically that we looked at in part two, I'm visiting you. I'm extending myself to you. I believe that's the new covenant reality, in part. I see it within these accounts. I see the new covenant come, come into light. And so, in light of this proposition, are any of these accounts, 2 Kings chapter 4 or Luke chapter 7, greater than the other? Ask the mother of the sons if we could bring them to our present moment and interview them. Which one's greater? Which is a greater miracle? <laughs> Ask the sons. Ask the people in 2 Kings that heard of the miracle. Or ask the multitudes that were following Yeshua in Nain or were the ones that were in the funeral procession, in the funeral procession where Yeshua was raising the boy to life. Which one of, which one of those was greater? Which one's better? And friends, there we have the, the foolishness of how we look at the Word of God. I'm just being honest. The taint that we have it. Well, which one's better? Hebrews says we're in a... You know what I'm saying? And we have to, again, I, I, I feel like this is what the Spirit's saying. And again, we say, I'm in the new covenant, and we miss the fullness of the whole. Because we're trying to figure out, well, which one's better? Which one's the better? Well, we know this is the better covenant. We've misunderstood what that means. We've misunderstood it without going down that, that vein of thought. That's my opinion. The people then knew what we have lost today. It is all the works of Yahweh Elohim. He changes not. When the people that were in the multitudes beside Yeshua, touching this coffin, and a boy shoots up out of the coffin, sits up straight. I believe they got it. And we're slow to get it, friends. I believe they understood. A prophet is among us. Why did they say that? A prophet is among us, just like the great prophet Elisha. They understood. The only difference? The when, in my opinion. The only difference is the when in the timeline of history. When it all transpired. That's the only difference. <laughs> Other than what I've already pointed out, which is the, the, the greater extension of Yahweh to humanity. 
to who would come according to his criteria through the blood of Yeshua the Son to become his people, covenantally speaking. Simply different demonstrations of the same reality separated only by time and generations. Likewise, I don't see different laws and all these things. People just want to talk about dispensations until they can't even till they can't speak the word anymore because it's so hard to say. People just love to always talk about like I under let me teach you about dispensationalism. And so you have Abraham and you have you know and and we walk through because like our heads are just so huge and and we're so knowledgeable. Yet many times I find that we know a lot, but we don't understand the timeline of Yahweh and how he, let's just talk about how awesome he is and how in every age he reveals himself to man and says, I want to know you. <laughs> let's just talk about that. This is all about the location of the law. There's Jeremiah 31 gets into this, this, this new covenant reality will be written in our hearts instead of on stone. The biblical shift of covenants is all about the passing of time and change in location. To me, that's it. It's that simplified. It went from out to within. Yeshua always talked about that, friend, always. So how is this all connected? We'll bring this to a conclusion here. How is this all connected? When we study the fullness of the scriptures from cover to cover, we see these continuous patterns. As we see in these biblical comparisons of two dead sons. Yahweh never changes. As I compiled this, this message specifically, I ran across so many correlations between the Older and Newer Testaments and their accounts. Like, man, Yeshua wasn't doing anything new. <laughs> he, was the, he was the new covenant example of what Yahweh had always been doing. The only problem is we have not seen them this way because we've divided the two. We have divided the two. Now, I can easily blame those in the 3rd, 4th century who just corrupted the entire uh, called-out assembly and stifled everything that was Jewish, got rid of feasts and Sabbath and, and, and made a new Lord's Day and, and instituted all this nonsense that had no place in the body of Messiah. I can blame all of them, but I then I read the Bible and I say the blame's on me. Stop following the ways of your fathers, Joel. Stop following traditions of men and know my word and do it. Yahweh never changes. I want to suggest that we strive to stop doing this and dividing the Word of God and worrying about dispensations and, well, I don't have to do that now. You know, I, man, those conversations are so circular, and, and, and we have to stop at the starting line when that phrase is said, or if we find ourselves saying it. If we say things like, I have to, I don't have to, we miss the heart of the matter. We miss it. I get to do the things that Yahweh, my creator, 
made for my good. It is a it's a it's a it is a vantage point shift that is monumental in the hearts of men. I understand it, but we have to we have to make that shift. Just like these two accounts alone clearly reveal to me, they're both equal parts of the whole. One is not greater than the other. This is the entire Bible. <laughs> this is the Word of God. This is the gospel. You know, we talked about the full gospel. That's the gospel, is taking what was and showing what it now is without ever letting loose at all of what it was, because it's the same. (laughs) As I proposed, the gospel started, you could say, in the garden, but it started with Abraham and a covenantal promise, not in Acts chapter (laughs) 2. And not not on Easter morning. <laughs> I have to say that because we're in the Easter season right now. It didn't start at the resurrection, friend. It's ancient. It's eternal. This is our Elohim. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And friend, we're told that for a reason. Because it's true. So I hope this has helped us to realize some things never change, friend. And I'm thankful for that. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way here. Sometimes it's in teeny little increments that are like crumbs under the table. Because that's all I'm giving myself to eat or because that's just the portion I can rightly digest at the time. And sometimes it is a vast buffet. Whatever it is, friend, are you sitting at that table? And are you crying out? To say, Father, what are you saying right now? To me, to my household, to my nation, to this earth that is your footstool. What are you saying? I want to know. Friend, do you want to know? We have to cry out and ask. We don't know because we don't ask. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to the channel if you have not before. Um, Send us questions, thoughts, concerns. Anything you have, we're open to all of it. We're not offended here as much as we used to be, as much as maybe we could, what would be considered normal. You can email us, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. I have not said this for a long time. If you are somewhere and you're alone, you're isolated, tell us, and we will try to figure out through, through just prayer and consideration, well, what should we do? How can we help you? Do we go to where you are? Do we go and speak with your small group? Do we go and just listen and pray? Do we do a phone call? Do you know what I'm saying? Let's let's communicate. People have done that and I love it. It's it's probably my favorite part other than just talking all the time. Is to hear from people literally all over the world, not like we scatter the globe and it's colored with Path Design subscribers and no. One here, one there, one way down there. That's what I'm saying to be clear. I love it. So wherever you are, reach out to us if you need someone to talk to. Um, We are not alone in this. Um, So anyway, thank you for watching. This has been the Path Design Podcast. (sighs) Let's pursue things that are above and let these things on the earth just be what they are in their proper place. Thank you for watching. Amen.